lights out and away we- Bing bang! Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Paddock Talk podcast. I am Kyle. I'm Scott. And today, we're going to be talking some McLaren, some Williams, some possible and confirmed driver movement. But most importantly, we're going to be talking about the British Grand Prix Silverstone. Silverstone, Scott? Uh, I've heard it both ways. Or we could just go with the uh, old reliable, the British GP. True. Uh, Yeah, so let's go over the results and then we'll get into the meat potatoes of the race. Not classified, finishing last place, Esteban Ocon. Finishing not classified in 19th place, (sighs) Kevin Magnussen. I was one away. Uh, Pierre Gasly in 18th, another DNF. And then... Rounding out the order was 17th, Nick DeVries, 16th, Yuki Sonoda, uh, Joe Guan Yu in 15th, Sir Lancelot, Lance Stroll in 14th, Nico Hilkenberg, 13th, Valtteri Botas, 12th, and Logie Bear, Logan Sargent in 11th. Then we had the Ferraris of Carlos Sainz finishing 10th and Charles Leclerc finishing 9th. My winner, <laughs> Alex Albon, finishing 8th, Fernando Alonso, 7th, Sergio Perez, 6th. George Russell, 5. Oscar Piastri, 4. Lewis Hamilton, 3rd. Lando Norris, 2nd. And who am I leaving out? Max Verstappen, 1st. Yet again. For the 12th year in a row. I don't know. It just feels like he's won every race in the last like 12 years. I don't know if it's true or not, but let me check the stats. Oh, wait. He hasn't been racing for 12 years. Okay. Sorry. For the last 7 years, he's won every freaking race, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, great race. How did, um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the whole McLaren thing back in like with Norris finishing second, Piastri staying around that third position. I, uh, it's kind of enjoy I really enjoyed it. Like it wasn't a very boring race, but it wasn't very, you know, door to door banging. It was a good race. Like I, I enjoyed it. How did you enjoy it? Yeah, I thought it was probably one of the better starts to a race we've seen so far this season, just with Lando being able to have an amazing start on Max Verstappen and taking the lead, and then holding it for the first five laps. And then once Max overtook, it kind of the race kind of ended up like the rest of the races, like not much movement until that safety car came out around lap 40, I think. And then, uh, yeah, got a little exciting after that. It kind of screwed Oscar a little bit. Like, McLaren called him in right before the safety car. He pitted. Safety car comes out. The top drivers get the free the free pit stop, and he falls back to four. Yeah, um, we could have really seen a McLaren 2-3, but yeah, that safety car, you know, the shitbox Haas bringing out that safety car, and I was really hoping McLaren would get the with Oscar Piastri getting third place to really shove it to Alpine. Um, But no, yeah, the first few laps when watching the race and Lando took the lead off the hop and like, oh my God, is this, is this happening? Is he going to pull away? And then lap three when DRS is enabled, Max is like, not today, son, not today. And wheeled it right in. But you're right. After Max took over and started pulling away, it was kind of the shine was taken off the race, but still enjoyable. And every time a safety car comes out, it makes the race 
what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. But my question to you, sir, is the McLaren for real? Or is this a one-off race? Do you think uh, Do you think we'll see this going forward the rest of the season? I think we will, because it just wasn't just in qualifying that we saw the success this weekend, or last weekend, I guess. Um, yeah, they look great. They look like they can at least compete above Mercedes and Aston Martin, and definitely Ferrari. Not quite with the Red Bull yet, obviously. I don't think anyone can this season. But we are seeing that gap start to shrink, and I think McLaren's here to stay. Ooh. Yeah, um, I really think to next the next race in Hungary will be the, the benchmark because the British GP is high speed with some downforce corners with maggots and beckets, but it's mostly horsepower. At Hungary, it's all downforce. It's all how is your car handling? in traffic at low speeds if this mclaren is for real we're going to find out next weekend it's i really hope it it is true i would love to see another team kind of rise from the midfield and kind of keep mercedes on their toes to keep aston on their toes to keep ferrari i mean obviously not none of the above are going to catch red bull but you know a couple more finishes like this mclaren's in third spot and the constructors, like they could start really catching up. And that's all we really want is to see some battling, some battling around. Yeah, because it seems to just make the races that much more exciting. Like, I think the entire the entirety of F1 is just jaded by Max and Red Bull being so dominant. So anytime we get someone different in the lead or challenging to take the lead, it's just that much better. Oh, yeah. Well, I may have misspoke because I was looking at the constructor standings. They are 98 points behind Ferrari, but you know, a couple podiums, four four podiums for each guy, or you know, it, mm-hmm. who's to say Ferrari could shit the bed? We could see McLaren go to fourth. Like this is pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, the speaking of improvements. I know we talked about it in the pre-race show. Is Williams is Williams starting to actually show that little bit of improvement? And is it going from back marker to midfield? Alex Albon was great in the practice sessions, had a good qualifying run, and the race stayed pretty consistent. He was I of course took it up. He finished eighth in the race. Logan Sargent rookie in one of the worst cars on the field in the field 11th that's kind of the benchmark i look at i'm almost thinking williams is a is, is saying bye-bye to the back marker fields it's going to be alpha tower it's going to be haas with maybe alpha romero and i think williams is going to be looking in the sixth or seventh spot like knocking on the back door of the back marker or the the mid pack would you see yeah i agree with you scott um I wasn't so much convinced of Williams continuing this success just because we have seen Alex Albon be able to jump into the points every once in a while. Um, But Logan Sargent being closer to the points, that was more that kind of leaned me to the side of Williams being able to keep this up just because we have seen Alex Albon finishing the points and Logan Sargent finishing, like you said, 17, 18, 19. 
So I think the fact that he finished 11th is a very good sign for them. And that new livery, I know we're going to talk about later, looks great. Chef's kiss. Like, really, really good. And, wow, how come I always get to bring up the great topics? <laughs> the Haas F1 Ferrari shitbox. Kevin Magnuson had issues in practice, qualifying, and the race. Uh, I know I said some shit before the race. Like, I was hopefully maybe Gunter Steiner, Gene Haas was listening and like, yo, this guy might have some some actually uh, legitimate qualms. Maybe we should uh, step our game up. No, no, they uh, they really shit the frickin' bed. Nico Hulkenberg finished 13th. Kevin Magnuson caught on fire on the track for the second time, I believe, in the weekend. I think I just gave up hope. Like, I, I don't know how much more oxygen I can waste on this team at this moment. Uh I, 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 I don't have the words. They can't compute into my brain how shitty this freaking team is. Yeah. This should have been a track where that car would have been good. But no. And now we go to Hungary, which is a high downforce track. Well, and like all tracks the Haas is at, the high downforce tracks are a lot worse. Uh, what, what's your opinion? I need a, I need a break. What, what do you have? No, Scott, I completely agree. As soon as I saw those cars shut off, like you just popped into my brain. Um, I mean, what they lose a power unit every day? It seemed like of the weekend. It seemed like, or there was an issue with one of them. Yeah. And again, like just during the races, they can't carry any success going into weekends if they've had any successes this season. But, yeah, like you said, I don't know where else to go from here with them. Like, if you see this happen again, like, what, what's your thoughts? What should they do? Should they <laughs> fire somebody? Yeah, and I really think it should be Gene Haas knocking on Gunter Steiner's door and being like, hey, uh, unless Gene Haas is really, really okay with running in the back, with mixing it with Alpha Tauri and well, pretty much Alpha Tauri because Williams is actually making an effort to improve their car. Hey, do you want to finish ninth? Because that's how you finish ninth. Gene, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. I'm spending a hundred to hundred twenty, hundred thirty million dollars on this team. I am not seeing results. Where are my results? We've yeah. gotten a couple Q3 appearances from Nico Hulkenberg. But the results have been, have been shit. Like finishing in the last five in race weekend, you, you qualify. What was it in Canada? He qualified second, took a three place grid penalty. He was what seventeenth? Finished seventeenth. Mm -hmm. Where, where is it? Like, give me a complete freaking weekend, please. Yeah, especially with all the teams that they were competing with earlier in the season making such large jumps. Like we talked about earlier, the Williams, the McLaren, like those are the teams they were fighting for at the beginning of the season. And they've just been completely lapped by them in the races following. Yeah, McLaren had has pointed more this past weekend. You know what? I gotta look this up real fast. 
Give me two seconds, loyal viewers and listeners. I believe... Between Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri, it was 30 points between them two. Just this weekend. Just, just this weekend. Constructors, Haas has 11 points. 11. They tripled Haas's whole 11 race season in one race. Yeah, that's that's insane. Like, we're not trying to be the the shit on Haas podcast, but we someone has to hold them accountable. Gene won't do it. Me and Scott are gonna f- do it. Almost oh, slipped down. in the f bomb, but we're gonna do gloves it. Gloves off, Tilly. Gloves off. Like, I want to see this team succeed. Don't get me wrong. I really want this team to succeed, but the there is a issue. It's either coming from Gunter or it's coming from somebody under him that is not running this team properly. And I want to give Gunter the benefit of the doubt because he's been in F1 since the late 90s working with teams. I think it was in 2000 when Jaguar came around. He's been around racing. He knows what this is all about. He knows Gene is all about being the best they can be. Mm-hmm. Where, where, between? I understand the drivers aren't the caliber that they should have, but this team should definitely be around the fifty point range by now. They should be fighting for the mid pack, and it's you can't blame the Ferrari power unit because Ferrari has actually been competitive with yeah. the power unit. It's just been the Ferrari strategy has been shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, maybe I should just get an in-depth interview and just talk to Gunter about it. Like, make this happen. Folks. Yeah, like, we need I'll to get him on the, the questions. <laughs> you folks smash my door? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, we've shit on your team a lot the last couple weeks, too. And I think I don't want to start shitting on Aston Martin, but my level of concern is starting to rise with them. I don't think their performance has fallen off, per se, but I think the teams around them have just, their upgrades have launch them above Aston Martin as well and it kind of feels like they're trying to play catch up right now with Fernando finishing what 7th and Lance a little uh, bit further correct. down so yeah I don't know it just seems like they're trying to play catch up right now they're not where they were at the beginning of the season like I said I'm not shitting on them My, it's just my level of concern is going up around Aston Martin well I don't know. Like, Aston is still pretty tough. What was the race? I want to say Spain. They had an issue. Like, it wasn't... I mean, they were still in the point. Let me rephrase that. Alonso was still in the points at Spain. But, like, they kind of fell off that one race, and then they kind of recovered. Austria, Alonso finished fifth. Not great. But you also got to remember... Perez was there at top three for Stappen, and Leclerc is always strong at Austria. The only car that honestly shouldn't have been there was Lando Norris, mm-hmm. finishing fourth above Alonso. I'm not saying hit the brakes, something's up, but I think after next race, that'll be a good telling of where all the cars are. Mm-hmm. After Hungary, after Spa going into the summer break, I think we'll have a good idea where Aston is, but I wouldn't 
it, it might I wouldn't be, screen fire yet until. Then. Yeah, it might be better to say my level of concern is more on the improvement of other teams' upgrades over Aston Martins. Because yeah. which Mercedes has gotten, they were always still teetering third or fourth best. But McLaren with this huge jump the last two races, and then Mercedes has been consistent. Ferrari is is going to Ferrari. Mm-hmm. They're still a highly competitive team. It's just what strategy you get week to week out. I don't even know who's calling That's the strategies what... if it's the drivers or the guys on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I don't know. Um, I really think coming in the next two races with Spa at uh, the Hungary and Spa, we'll kind of see if maybe Aston can jump back into that second top car maybe third because mercedes has blown by them and the constructors are 20 points ahead of them so aston sitting in second or third apologies with the ferrari about 24 points behind so aston could slip within the next uh few races but fernando alonso has been consistent week in week out he finishes in the points. It's on to his teammate to help out because what Fernando does week in, week out, getting points. Stroll finished what, 14th? Uh, yeah. This he, past weekend. He hasn't even been close to Fernando. No, and that's another thing. It's, it's like you see at Red Bull. Max is first. Checo should be right behind him in second, but it's that secondary driver. They're not pulling their weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking. Sitting in the driver's point standing, Fernando Alonso is third. Lance Stroll is sitting in eighth. That's as of right now. Lando Norris is two points behind Stroll. The last two races, he has pointed out big time. And Stroll could fall to ninth. That's a huge gap for drivers. Yeah. Third and ninth? But Lance Stroll is not going to get fired because would would he fire his son? I don't know if Lawrence would. No, he he wouldn't. No. But do you want to transition since we talked about drivers yeah. getting fired? Or yeah. Would you like yeah, I was to? just going to say, talking about secondary drivers not pulling their weight. Nick Debris, he's gone. He's out. We were seeing. I I was on Twitter earlier this week on Monday. Obviously, we've been hearing rumblings for a while of him losing his seat. On Monday, I saw a tweet saying that he was going to be replaced after the summer break, and then the day after, they're given the key to the Alpha Tauri factory to Daniel Ricardo, and Nick Debris is on a boat, just gone having dinner with Toto. So yeah, he's gone. He's a whatever Mercedes is fifth reserve driver or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't see it coming, but I did. I mean, Red Bull is known for driver changes on a whim. It's whatever Helmut Marco wants. I mean, we've seen it with uh, Pierre Gasly getting bumped up to Red Bull and getting tossed halfway through the season for Alex Albon. Uh, Daniel Kvyat in and out. Brendan Hartley coming in and out. Like, I understand it. Like, Nick 
DeVries was supposed to be the benchmark for Yuki Sonoda. <laughs> and Yuki Sonoda ended up being the benchmark for Nick DeVries because Nick DeVries was last in the driver's standing with zero points, but behind Logan Sargent. Yuki's only got two points, but at least he's pointed this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess that just shows you the difference in Formula One from all the other levels because what was he a formula e champion and formula two champion and Correct, just yeah formula and, two that went to formula e yeah and it just never seemed to click for him in in formula one aside from that one race he had last season with williams where he looked really impressive and i think it kind of got a lot of people's hopes up plus he was a little bit older like 27 28 i believe when he did uh when he had he, that race tw- i think he was 27 because he's 28 now i believe okay so he's probably 27 yeah and yeah so i guess my point is just it just never seemed to click for him at the formula one level and it wasn't the fact of finishing back and finishing races it was crashing in practice crashing and qualifying having yeah. issues during the races with this budget cap you know every dollar counts mm-hmm. we saw it with mick schumacher last year where they didn't run in jetta because he destroyed a car they couldn't afford to run another one yeah uh during the race now with nick devries gone i feel bad for him because you know he's a racer he wants to be in a car mm-hmm. does daniel ricardo actually become the new benchmark he's been out of f1 for 11 races i know it's not a lot but he's stepping from a mclaren to an alpha tauri which is a pretty big gap right now like, Yuki Sonoda hasn't been horrible this year, but he's only got two points. Will Daniel Ricciardo be the benchmark? Do you, do you think he'll extract the most out of this car? You would think so, just with how hungry he seems to be back racing and with all his experience. Um, I guess it's we're really going to find out if it's that car that's so shit, which it probably is. But uh, no, I, I'm excited to see him back in. He seems super excited. And uh, I don't know, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about it possibly being a little, uh, fuck, what's the word? A little, uh, uh, I'm blanking right here, sorry boys. Um, Like a little show-off for Red Bull, if they can, Checo. Yeah, uh, I was getting ready to say, Checo might need to be worried, because if Daniel Ricciardo could squeeze maximum potential out of the worst car on the field... That's going to get Helmet Marco. That's going to get Christian Horner thinking, well, we have the best car in Red Bull right now, and I have my second driver not making it to Q2, not making it to Q3. Like, I need my second driver high in the points to be my gunner, to to be there for Max if he needs somebody to be his gunner. Or if Max has an issue, either goes off the track Rex or a power failure unit, you have that next Red Bull right there to take its spot. Mm-hmm. And Checo hasn't been doing that. And I think with Daniel Ricardo, he said he wouldn't come back. He wouldn't take a crap ride to come back to F1. He was waiting for a championship caliber seat. I think these next two, I think it's, we're at race number 11. We've missed two races. I think it's, next 10 races he's going to be auditioning for 
corner in Marco. Be like, this is what I can do. I can be that guy again for you guys. Please let me come back. Yeah, auditioning was the word I was looking for, by the way. But uh, oh, do, you're fine. Do you think it's do you think it's kind of a situation where they're like, hey, Daniel, come race for a bit. If you're impressive, the Red Bull seat's yours at the end of the season. Uh, you know what? With Red Bull, it's really hard to know what they're thinking. No. Like it ends all and bees all with Helmut Marco. But yeah. to say if Daniel Ricardo comes back and Yuki outpoints him, or he just stays in thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, I don't know. I, I can't see them saying, "Well, you're kind of performing with the car. You're not outperforming the car." Why do we want to bring you back? Yeah. Like, I, I think this is his audition to say, I can, I know I can compete at a high level. Just forget about the last five years of my career. Give me a shot. I can do this. Uh, mm-hmm. But stranger things have happened in F1. I would love to see him back in Red Bull. I think Checo has kind of had a golden opportunity to revitalize his career and he is not he's not fulfilled it like that car is one uh, is the best car that we've seen in the last few years and he's got how many wins six yeah like both red bulls should be 30 seconds ahead every race not just one of them while the other fights 15 positions to gain on the grid exactly if you remember with mercedes when they were after Nico Rosberg retired, when they brought Valtteri Botas, he knew his role. Make it to Q3, be behind Lewis, and help with strategies. If Lewis had an off race, hey, Valtteri, we'll let you slide in position. Let's see what your pace is. Mm-hmm. I, that's what the top teams do. You need your star, you need your gunner, you need that guy who's going to be right behind that other car. And we haven't seen it with Sergio. There's been flashes of it. And there's been a lot of races, like we've seen the last four or five races. He cannot keep up with Max. No. In the first year, I'll give him... You're going from a racing point to a Red Bull. I'll give you a year slide. But this is year number three. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Ricardo is very familiar with the Red Bull. Not the new one, but he's familiar with Red Bull. In their ways, I, I, I kind of see it. I'm going to prognosticate for next year, but I I think he's going to outperform the Alpha Tauri. I think he's going to outpoint Yuki, and he's going to show that he still has the commitment and the hunger to be an F1 top, in a, a top F1 seat. Yeah, I, I see him driving for Red Bull next season as well, and we know Net, the guys at Netflix will love that because they will love to have Daniel Ricciardo at Red Bull and do Drive to Survive in the background. Oh, exactly. Since like, Max doesn't allow them to talk to him anymore or any media. Max being Max, but yeah, like Daniel Ricciardo is that polarizing. He's, he's the opposite of Max. Max kind of likes to be by himself. He likes to... Almost like Kimmy, I'll do my media because I have to, but I don't want to. But Daniel Ricardo put a camera in front of him. He's like, he's smiling. <laughs> All right, guys, let's have fun. Let's do this. Let's. Uh, I really love being out here. Like that's a perfect teammate. Yeah. 
Well, uh, that was made it through. I had yeah. to take a sip here. Yeah, no, uh, no, we got through it. Um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, that new Williams library, so it's for Gulf Oil, right? That's the company? Yep. And um, yeah, they're, so they're going to be showing off the new library in Singapore, Japan, and Qatar. Um, it's it almost mistakes for a McLaren at first, just because of the orange. I know we were we were talking about McLaren's library last week and how they wanted to stick with the orange because they don't want to get away from the papaya brand. And then as soon as we see orange, we're like, oh, McLaren. So I guess it kind of works, yep. but I don't know. the The car looks good, Scott. I really like it. It kind of reminds me of that McLaren. At Monaco, what was it, two years ago? That light blue, and we'll be sure to we'll we'll put it on uh, our social media pages if you haven't seen it. But that light blue looks nice. I, I really I really like it. I can't wait to see it uh, under the lights in Singapore. And I think Qatar is a night race. If I remember, it's been a few years since the last time they ran there, and I'm almost positive that was a night race then. So we'll see it twice under the light, once for sure, possibly twice under the lights. And in Japan, I, I like it. I really, really, really dig it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've also got a couple. That's pretty much all the news around the paddock we have. Actually, one more thing. We were talking about uh, Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift earlier in the year. Was it a real thing? Was it just for show? Was it all part of El Plan? But it seems Shakira is all of Lewis's L plan this season, Scott. They're Shakira's at almost so what every you're saying race is we now. Should, so what we you're saying is we should shake off the rumors of Fernando and uh, T Swift for Lewis Hamilton and Shakira? Yeah. I mean um, I'm, I'm, Lewis it's looking is, like <laughs> Yeah, Lewis is has has been performing better. And you know those hips don't lie, maybe he's got a little bit of extra juice in his system. Oh yeah, like hey, I'm not here to judge. Awesome job, Lewis, if it's true. Uh Shakira is definitely top shelf. Hey, I'm happy. Like Yeah, good for him. I'm happy for Lewis. If it if allegedly, if it's true, not saying it is. Allegedly. But yeah, good allegedly. But good on him. Like, you know, this is kind of turned your career around. Turn your life around a little bit, personal life. Yo, go for it. Uh, mm. Now we haven't seen them together, oh. really? Because they were together, what was it, at Monaco? Yep, and then actually the other part I left out, I saw on Twitter, can't confirm if it's true or not, allegedly, allegedly, they were spotted at a club after the uh, British Grand Prix together at a nightclub. Hmm. Can't confirm? Allegedly. Hmm. All right, so what I'm going to need is Lando Norris. You're there every week. We need you to spy and get back to me and Kyle. I know you don't have our phone numbers, but reach out to us and be our little spy and feed us this information so we can break this when it's official. Yep. Also, uh, maybe I should have aimed lower for like K-Mag or... <laughs> Maybe maybe Logan Sargent. He is American after all. Logan Sargent, confirm it for us, please. We'll have you on the pod. We'll actually pay you too. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, you know, we're heading towards the end of the episode. I know we've kind of become uh, numbers guys as of recently. Uh, got a couple stats. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, we have become numbers guys. It's crazy. But uh, no, just uh, what we got written here. With Max winning at Silverstone, it's Red Bull's 11th win in a row. Time McLaren's all-time record of 11 consecutive wins. I know this might be a pointless question, Scott. Are they going to beat it after Hungary? Are they going to set the new record? <laughs> well, since I guess we are the numbers guy, we're at race 11 here. Um, the 88 season was a, where did I write it down? A 16 race season. So five more races, they'll tie it. Uh, and, uh, y- you know, it- it's mostly been a max carrying the Red Bull banner. Because we've had Checo, uh, how many races has Checo won this year? Two, I believe. And Max, the other nine. When McLaren won in 88, it was Prost, seven, Senna, eight. And Gerhard Berger got, uh, I, I can't believe he screwed this up, in the Ferrari of all cars with the lone other win. Like, I, I don't know. This nobody else can beat them like like we've said all season long who the hell is gonna beat the red bull yeah <laughs> this year uh it re- it's really gonna take checo screwing the pooch like he's been in qualifying and max having an off week but max is locked in i can't see him having an off week like he is laser focused mm-hmm. boys and girls and i i honestly think they'll break the record i think they'll break it at race 16 Yep, and uh, just to continue with uh, this and the Max Verstappen stroke-off session here, uh, with it, that win as well, he is the only the fifth driver in F1 history to have won six consecutive races. The others are Alberto Ascari, Michael Schumacher, who did it twice, Sebastian Vettel, and Nico Rosberg, who beat Lewis Hamilton in 2016 in equal machinery. I've heard that rumor, honestly. I, d- I didn't know that was actually true. Hmm. But yeah, uh, Max Verstappen is on another level. He has been almighty, and I don't know. I could see it being seven in a row. Hungry, he's going to be tough at. Spa, he's going to be really tough at. I can really see it be a being seven, eight, possibly nine in a row. Because when they come back from the summer break, guess what the first Grand Prix is? The Dutch Grand Prix. It you know. You know. With Spa and Dutch, the Dutch Grand Prix being back-to-back, well, on the calendar, obviously they have the whole four-week break. You know he's winning those two races. Those are the biggest races the Dutch supporters come out to. Like, it's going to take horses, tanks, a, a thousand armies to pry those victories from Max, those two races. Yeah. So here it is. Yeah, he's going to win at least nine in a row. He is going to, it's going to be the L plan. And last for Stappen stat, it was his 29th consecutive classified race finish, tying Danny Ricardo um, for longest ever by a Red Bull driver from Italy 2015 to the Abu Dhabi 2016 race. I think that was Daniel Ricardo's record. And for those of you don't, who was. don't, who don't know what classified race finish means, it just means you finish the race. So you didn't DNF or anything. So in 29 races in a row, Max Verstappen hasn't DNF'd. 
it just shows you know how good of he as a driver he is to be able to keep that car good not crash not go off not wreck it's just it, his legend continues to build like honestly he should really pay us a lot of money for the stroke sessions we give him on the show like that is like three back-to-back huge facts pulled and they're all max verstappen it's not that we're looking for max verstappen stats <laughs> that's what f1 gives us that that that's all you find is max verstappen breaking records max verstappen being doing these things like you don't see those stats since the schumacher ferrari days since the lewis mercedes days like this is something we don't see very often and as much as everybody hates seeing boring races and a driver running away with titles, man, you just got to tip your cap because it's not all car. Car helps, but the driver also makes a huge difference, and he is showing why he's worth that, what, $60 million a year paycheck. Yeah. But also, too, Max, please pay us because we do pump your tires severely on this yeah. podcast. I want royalties. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got to quit my job so I can actually have a real job in covering F1. Um, is that all you have? We oh. hit everything, buddy. I think we hit the high notes. Not many low notes, but we've definitely hit the highs. And as always, I really appreciate everybody for listening to our the second best podcast of F1 for F1. Just a step behind P1, but we're closing on them. Oh, better uh, than Beyond the Grid. I like it. Well, yeah. That's kind of boring, sit-down, chatty, like being serious. We like to have fun, man. We like to laugh. We like to, you know, throw a couple curse words in. <laughs> a lot of them. Um, <laughs> but again, I really appreciate everybody for listening. Please be sure to interact on our social medias. The more you interact, the more we are at a the more we're willing to actually post some more. I know I've been getting really slack on it on the old Facebook uh, page, but I will get better at it. Uh, we definitely can't wait for next week at Hungry. We'll have some good filler episodes in during the summer break, covering some F1, but obviously not current events. Again, I really appreciate everybody for their listening and and being supportive of us. And I really do, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate it. As always, I've been Scott. I've been Kyle. And thank you for listening to Paddock Talk. I hope you guys have a great weekend, week, and I can't wait to talk about Hungary next week. Thank you, guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Paddock Talk. Don't forget to like and share the episode, and check us out at Paddock Talk on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Discord.